and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I am David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang. Anthony, how's it going? Good, David. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, this week, we've also got a special guest. We are joined by Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press. Tim, how's it going? As good as can be, David. How are I know. you guys? It's every week I ask either, you know, I do this with Anthony, I do it with Susan, I ask, how's it going? And I know the answer's never going to, you know, normally it's just like the, the easy way to intro, like, oh, pretty good, excited to watch the heat or whatever, like, but it's, it's, like uh, like it's always a weirder answer these days. It's like handshakes, we're so used to doing them, but we can't do yeah. them anymore. I know. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously not a whole lot going on um, news-wise in the NBA these days. We've had a lot of guests on lately. We've rewatched some old games. Uh, this week we wanted to have Tim on uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, just to kind of talk about life without basketball, because uh, he is in a similar boat to Anthony and I, where a lot of his life is obviously occupied by basketball and sports in general. Um, but then also we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, potential restart plans and kind of the rumors and reports that have been coming out about um, how the NBA might be looking to uh, get back to basketball at some point. But I guess, you know, Anthony and I have obviously talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about what we've been up to. Tim, what have you been up to? Not much. <laughs> um, Any coping you know, methods you've come up with? It's, it's amazing that. I, I haven't, like, I'm not complaining. I want to preface this. I'm not complaining at all. Like, I haven't had a lot of downtime yet because there has been, especially the first four or five weeks of this, there was news coming yeah, out that's true. Like every day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, and my, you know, obviously I'm very heat focused, but I have a broader, you know, an overall coverage assignment for the league as well as a league wide guy. And it's, it's, um, it hasn't been slow. I mean, I, I have not even counting the Florida governor's conference call. I've talked to Adam. Um, I've talked to Adam Silver three times since March 11th. I don't think I talked to Adam Silver three times in two years Yeah. Uh, before this. So it's, it's been, it's been very, it's been strange. It's been, as we get deeper into it, it's been harder to separate fact from fiction because everybody knows a little bit nobody knows everything because everything doesn't exist yet. And it's, it's been a challenge, but it's, you know, it, it has not been boring. And I guess if I'm thankful for one thing in that, it, it, it's that it hasn't been, we, we're not bored yet, thankfully. Yeah. I don't want to step too much because we'll get to it later. Just kind of like all the different plans and rumors and stuff like that. But it, and I, I'm seeing kind of, I feel like it's the same thing looking at some of these college plans to restart or what their football plans might be. It feels like there's just so many ideas being thrown out, even if it's just like one person in the room, like being like, oh, this is an idea that it's just like, there's obviously this vacuum of, of news still to an extent where anytime one of these things is proposed, um, there's, it gets talked about for, it's a, a news cycle for at least a couple hours as it's like the number one headline on ESPN, because there's just so many ideas. And like you said, there, it's impossible to know what the idea it's going to work is maybe the craziest idea that gets thrown out is ultimately like catches on because it's the one thing that works. We're just in such obviously uncharted territory. And, and there's just this, there's this thirst um, for sports to be back, you know, like, like Tim was saying, where any, and like you said, one little thing comes out, like practice facilities are going to open, you know, at first it was going to be this Friday and 
even though really it's a very small step if it means anything toward return toward you know resuming the season but people jump on it and you know it's a headline a big story people are just hungry for any type of sign that sports can be back so i think that's why i mean like you said a, a college president makes a comment and it's a headline on espn.com so i mean it's just that's what that's that's kind of what people want to read these days when is sports going to be back yes and that's how, obviously how a lot of people are filling the void. Anthony suggested uh, we do kind of a therapy session, the ways that we are coping or uh, what we're missing. You know, kind of just talk through our, our feelings about we're now at, what, a month and a half without basketball pretty much? I think you, I think I saw you tweet it today, actually, Tim. Seven weeks, right? Uh, it, this is day 49 day... Since, since they shut it down. Yes, not that I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Should we each start? I don't know. How, how do we want to start this? We could talk about what we're missing, what we're doing to fill that gap. Because even, as you know, we're, we're still all relatively busy. There's enough news. Um, the NFL draft kept me busy, at least for the last couple of days. But it's still just, you know, that, you know, 7 o'clock on a night when, or 8 o'clock on a night when I'm not at a heat game. Like, I'm usually sitting down to watch whatever college game or, or NBA game or, or now by now it would be baseball, too. Um, it's just there's there's nothing there obviously it's is is there any way that you are trying to kind of fill your get your uh your basketball fix are you watching old games are you uh just what are are you kind of doing for that or are you just put it to the side and just focusing more on the news side of it honestly i'll go if you want i mean honestly for me it's it was fun for about a week watching old games yeah and then I realized it was like watching old Christmas footage and then, you know, knowing that you're not going to have Christmas this year. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So it, it's been, I, I have not watched much, much sports. Um, I've, um, my fix weirdly has been watching a lot of old golf tournaments. Um, I don't, I, lo- I love golf. Don't get me wrong. Like, but I don't, other than like the majors, it's not like appointment television for me. I've just watched a lot of golf. And I think a lot of it is because there's so many players and you know, who wins the tournament. You don't really know what happened. Like basketball, we've seen all these games, like God bless Fox sports for showing every heat finals game, like 64 times. Now I'm not saying it's old, but like, I know what happens and it makes you feel good to hear those sounds again, to see those fans again. But I guess I got to a place where, I have a funny feeling that the next game the three of us cover, one, will the three of us be around one another? And two, will we be around anybody else? Like, honestly, for me, the hardest part has been seeing the fan reactions. Like, one of the you, – you guys you guys weren't there yet because you were probably still in high school because I'm really, really old. But they used to put these seat covers. When the, when the heat first went to white hot, they'd put these seat covers on the back of the chairs, right? And then the heat would win, and then they would tell you, please don't mess with the seat covers, which would be everywhere. Yeah, Nobody yeah. listened to. And it was snowing inside American Airlines Arena. <laughs> and it was so cool. It was so awesome. Like, you'd forget that you're on deadlines, the game's ending, and you're just watching the show. They showed one of those, and I realized, yeah, they don't do the seat covers anymore, but, like, we're not going to see this again. And so, for me, it's been difficult. It, it, it really has. I'm, I'm sad because I'm a fan. I'm not worried about my job, thankfully. I'm not worried about that yet. I'm, I, I'll get there. I'm not yet. Um, I just, I, I miss that feeling. And I guess one thing that if I've learned anything so far, it's that we're there to report on what goes on 
between the four lines, but what goes on in the seats around it is a really big part of the show. And I, I feel for those people right now because I, I, I know that when we come back, we're not going to have fans there. And that's really hard for me to process. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. I, I mean, I, I don't think I, I mean, I kind of figured, you know, I, I, I was, you know, it's a good prediction to say that there's not going to be fans when sports comes back, but I hadn't processed it in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 like you, Tim, I, I watch parts of these, you know, these old games, but I just, yeah, I, just knowing what, what happens already, it's hard to hold my attention for the entire, you know, whatever, two and a half hours. Um, but I'll turn it on every once in a while. But yeah, I, I've really been filling my time with, with news. Like, I, I've never been one to watch the news every day, not only because our schedule doesn't allow for it, because we're always, you know, traveling or on the road. Or, but ever since this started, I've literally been locked into the news every day, every night, which I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing. But I, I mean, that's kind of how I've filled my time, the void um, of sports. Just last week, I started watching ESPN regularly because of the NFL draft. Just last week. Yeah. Um, before that, I mean, I just, I didn't have the, like, with nothing going on and just kind of like the, I guess, subconsciously knowing, okay, sports not going to be back for a while. I didn't have, like, I didn't feel the need to turn ESPN. I didn't want to turn ESPN. I was so glued into kind of what was going on around the country that that is kind of what took my attention. And really, it's still that way, but I think the NFL draft was kind of a way to get back into the sports world again for me personally. Um, and I've been watching a little bit more ESPN this week. Um, so I, that's kind of how I filled my time. But it is, I mean, it is, it is, you know, there's a lot of bad, sad things going on right now around the country. But as far as sports, I think Tim makes a really good point. The, I mean, we might have fans, you know, within the next year in, in, in arenas. But what is, I mean, what are, the, what are going to be the changes? I mean, is there going to be, will the arenas ever look the same? I mean, will we have people sitting that close to each other? Um, as they were before, you know, this whole thing, will, will we have uh, cons- lines for concessions the way they were? Well, you know, it's just, you think about what are going to be like, what, you know, with 9-11 things changed forever. Something's changed forever. What is going to, what are going to be the lasting kind of impacts this has on sports? And, um, you know, it's an interesting thought, but it's also a, a scary thought too. It was interesting watching the NFL draft. It was like that. Cause there's, you know, there's certain, certain things that sports provide when you watch them that you can get anywhere else. And that's just kind of the entertainment. Like, you know, you can be entertained watching a movie or a TV show or something. Like, you can have that substitute. But there is that, like, the the one thing that sports obviously provides is that, uh, not even necessarily the rooting interest, but, like, the suspense. To, like, you were kind of talking about where that makes it hard watching old games. But, like, you know, that, that pit you get in your stomach as the – clock winds down, even if it's a game you have, like, no rooting interest in or whatever. Um, and I, it felt like the same thing watching the NFL draft when the Dolphins came on the board and, like, you know, selfishly I wanted them to get Tua because I think it would be an interesting story. And um, and just, like, not, you know, there was that suspense of what were they going to do. It was, for the first time in, like, two months pretty much, it, like, felt like watching, even though it's not a real sporting event, it, it gave you that feeling for the first time in a long time. And and it was when I kind of realized that is probably above all else what I miss. Like, I've actually enjoyed, like, it was kind of nice to have, like, a couple of weeks with no sports. Like, where I could, like, watch a bunch of movies or get caught up on TV shows. Like, do the kind of things that, like, I just i am not usually doing on a typical weekday night because I 
watch basketball or baseball or whatever. Um, but there's that, that certain something that just can't be replicated. Um, and, uh, How good did it feel, David? How good did that, like... Just it was that great. Was it was incredible. That's that's why you watch sports, right? Like, like it's the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's exciting. Again, I didn't think of that either. That was a good thought, too. Like, I, I, I was wondering why I was so excited for the NFL. Like, I'm, you know, I'll get excited for the NFL draft, but I was pumped last week. Like, I was so ready just to watch <laughs> the NFL draft. I think that was the reason. Like, I missed that feeling. You know, I missed that feeling. My... My friends and I, you know, I wasn't cover. I wasn't working the drafts. So we had like a little Zoom watch party. I would have never done that for the for a draft. Yeah. And can I can I confess something about the draft? So I'm with David. I rooted for the Dolphins to get Tua because, I mean, I want the Dolphins to do well. I do. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a fan because I don't think I'm a fan really of anything anymore. I just I feel like that life force has been taken from me in a lot of ways, but. I want them to get to it because I think it's great. It's a great story. I think it's great for South Florida. I think it's great for Dolphin fans. And I watched the rest of the first round because, you know, you kind of have to. I didn't watch another second of the draft. I didn't. And it, and I just, that's how far I feel like I've checked out. I mean, if I was a Dolphin beat writer, it'd be different. Of course, I'd be involved. But I wasn't involved in the coverage. You know, my colleague here, you know, Steve Wine, covers dolphins for us i didn't watch and i don't feel like i missed anything like it's crazy i mean i found out that dj dallas got picked like an hour after it happened and felt badly about that but like i just couldn't bring myself to watch it because i think what they did was great i think the way i think all by and large it seemed to be pulled off really well but it wasn't the same and i don't know if I kind of wonder if I was not since since we said we're since we said this is a therapy session we put it in <laughs> therapy term. I just don't know if I'm ready to accept the new normal yet. So yeah. it it in the you know rounds two through seven. I don't know what happened. I know who I know where people went obviously now, but I don't know what happened. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't. Tim, with, with that being said, when when basketball or any sport comes back, and I know we'll, you know we'll be forced to watch and monitor because that's our job, but will part of you be a little not sad, but kind of just not as excited as you think you as you thought you would be, just because of like you said the new normal of if there's no fans, if even if media, you know some media is not invited, um, and it's just in an empty arena, and uh, you know everyone's in, in you know in a hypothetical in one location, and they're kind of building a bubble. I mean. Well, part of you, you know, will watch it, but how hard is that going to be, you think, just kind of accept all of those changes if that does happen here in the near future for you? So it, it's this, I'm going to preface this by saying it's a terrible parallel that I'm about to make, right? I don't know how else <laughs> to explain it. Um, I kind of think in a lot of ways it's going to be like what you have to do when you're covering a tragedy. I mean, I've covered sports tragedies. I've covered news tragedies. And we're journalists. This is what we've trained for. This is who we are. This is, you know, these, this, is, this is what the three of us do for a living. And you, there, there's a place you can go to separate yourself from all feeling, basically, and you just report the news. You report and you write and that's it. That's what matters. 
and then afterward you reflect and you say, wow, that wasn't as fun as I thought it was, or hey, that was better than I thought it was, whatever. So I think what whatever happens, however and whenever it happens, I think when we're working, it's still going to be work. No more, no less. It's still going to be work. And it's going to be great to be writing about something that has an absolute truth at the end of it. And in our case, that's always the score. We have the one side can't argue that this was right. And one side can't argue that this was right. We get to cover something where there's an absolute winner and an absolute runner-up. Um, I like that, but the rest of it, it will feel different. It just, it just will. But I think you, we're we're equipped for that. I just don't know how it. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I get excited, guys. I have. Why am I saying this? I have when I drive to when I drive to either a Canes game or a Heat game or a Marlins game. I'm listening to some really bad, a really bad mix of pump-up music that I've had on my phone for a while. Not because I think I'm part of it. Not because I think that I'm, you know, i got to get up. I want to be excited when I go to a game. I want to be in an excited place so I can try to have some sort of replication of what the athlete might be feeling. I always get, I try to get pumped to cover something. I think it's going to be harder to do that when we come back. And, and not to go back too far, but we, I don't think we haven't talked to you, I guess, on the podcast since since March 11. What what was March 11? We Dave and I have both talked about it the past few weeks, kind of what March 11 was for us, and how, kind of unfortunately how memorable of a day that will be in our you know in our careers. Um, what was that day like for you? I know you covered it from a different angle, even because you were writing national stuff that night and kind of dealing with all that. But what, what was that night for you? Where does it go down as far as um, nights you'll remember? Um, I mean, it's, it's not like you remember that you got the email with 10 Oh seven left in the fourth quarter. It's not like you remember that stuff. You know, it's, 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 um, it's, it was strange. See, I, I, I had known, I had known for at least a day, I mean, it's all blurs so much because it was the world was changing so fast. I had known for at least a day that if a player tested positive, the league was shutting down for, we all believe, two weeks. Two weeks was what we thought at first. I believe it was going to shut down if two only. weeks. And they were going to figure it out, and then we figure out what, what comes next. We are now entering week eight. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot more weeks. Tacked on this. Um, that night was weird because you, the immediacy of it is even on our procedures, and I'm sure we're not different than a lot of other major publications and newspapers and whatever. You get the email. The first thing you have to do when you get when you get the word that the league is shutting down, you have to verify. You have to verify that it's real. You have to verify even if it came in your email, you still have to verify that it's real. So I remember jumping up from my seat and running out into the lobby so I could hear someone. And there's someone that I, there's one of my NBA people expected the call, picked up on like a, a half of a ring, knew what I was going to ask and said, yes, it's real. And then gave me a little more information. And I went back and started writing. I think you had already gone downstairs, Anthony. I think. Yeah, yeah. I was downstairs in the. In the you were downstairs that night. Ira was still next yeah. to me. 
and you know, the Heat could have clinched a playoff spot. I mean, the game was kind of getting away from them at that point, but the Heat could have clinched the playoff spot. And did Meyer, was that the, when did Myers get hurt? Was it that somebody got hurt in that game? I thought like it, there were so many things going on. And I'll say this. It was the first time in 17 years of covering the Miami Heat that the game meant absolute nothing. Yeah. The game meant nothing. Anthony has point. five takeaways sitting somewhere in his uh, drafts that have never been published from that game. Because they're, almost, they're nearly no done. I should release them soon. I should release them at some point. <laughs> release, them, release them when they come back. That's what yeah. you should quit because that would actually be awesome. If you did <laughs> I mean, for me, it was okay. And, like, I mean, the way Eric Spolstra explained it to us that night in the postgame, 100% how it happened. So they lose. He's angry. They don't clinch. A terrible loss, and too. And then you find out, oh, now this. A horrible loss. One of their worst games of the season by far. And no one cared. <laughs> and no one cared. And to Eric Spolster's credit, he was among those who didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, so I work in the interview room after games. It just saves me a couple of minutes. So I work in the interview room after games. You guys go back to the press room usually. I'll never forget this. The hallway, the, the interview room, for people that are even, you know, I'd be familiar with the arena, but the interview room is off the corridor that connects the heat locker room and the court. It's off Championship Alley. Duncan Robinson had some friends or people or somebody at that game. Duncan Robinson was walking down the hall when I'm finishing my story, and he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to his friends, but the door was open so I could hear him. And he was like, I still don't know what's going on. And it was, I didn't use it because it wouldn't have been fair. We've been out of context. He didn't mean for people to say it. it's gone on. It was seven weeks ago now, so I'll share it. He said, I'll never forget it. He said, I don't know what's going on. I still don't know what's going on. And, and it's, I feel like we're kind of still in that space. So for that, that night for me was memorable. Yes. I can't tell you who the leading scorer was. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what the score was. I know the heat lost. I think it was by the double digits. Um, that's about all I can remember from that game. And I I watch every game again, either the night when I come home or the next morning. Have not watched that game since, for obvious reasons, because it's one of the few instances where a game is completely irrelevant. Yeah. All right, let's uh, switch gears to, uh, I guess, kind of the more newsy side of things. Uh, Tim, you mentioned you've talked with Adam Silver three times since the shutdown. Uh, what have you learned? He's not, he's not happy about that. Okay. <laughs> so here's what I've learned. Um, and I'm going to try not to get into rumor and my own perception of things. What I've learned. The aggregators no are ready. There's no bomb. There's no, there's no great. There's a plan. There are 206 plans. Um, if, some, if you hear that the NBA is coming back on June 30th to play five games, and start the playoffs by the middle of July. Yes, that's true. That plan and any other plan you can think of, I promise you, has been talked about. They've all been talked about. Yeah. A full playoff, a single elimination playoff, playing a few regular season games, not playing a few regular season games, everything you've heard is true. It's just how do you get how does any of it become real? The testing is everything. Can you get to a place where the NBA can get the test that it needs? And this isn't just an NBA problem. This is an all-sport problem. 
can you get to the place where you can get all those tests that you need to continue ensuring the health and safety of your players and all the other essential people you'll need to resume a season? Uh, um, and can you win the opinion? Because we all know that most Americans have not been tested. We believe that most Americans who want to be tested have not been tested. Um, it's not a great look if sports gets its hands on a quarter million tests so we can play baseball and hockey and football and basketball. It's not a great look. And so how do you get past that? That's going to be the first thing that they, that's, that's the biggest challenge right now. You can come up with a plan for anything else, a plan that's really catching on, really picking up steam with lawmakers in this state is going to Disney has, Mm -hmm. Disney's not going to reopen for many months. We know milk house. It has the hotel. It has the arena. It has a broadcast center. Go there and play. And you can come up with 95% of the plans easy. It's the last five that's good, that, that are impossible. How do you get first responders in there? How do you sacri- How do you take those people away from their regular shifts right now? Who controls the food? Who controls the cleaning? Um, how does it work with the media? How does it work with testing? Do people come in and out? Are, is temperature enough? There are no answers to those questions. So that's where Adam and a lot of the other commissioners, a lot of the other people with a real vested interest in solving this problem, they're all capable of solving it. But right now, the science hasn't caught up to the place where they can get the answers that they need, or at least to have ability to believe in the answers that are out there. Is there? Correct me if I'm wrong, but baseball, hockey, it seems like they've been a little more aggressive as far as, or maybe this it's just the reporting around it, but their plans are out there. Like, they're, you know, there's more details. Um, do you, I mean, do you see, it seems like the NBA is being a little more cautious, which is probably the right thing to do, obviously. Do you see a world where baseball starts, let's say, in end of June, hockey starts in June, and basketball loses the season? Like, could you, would you be surprised if that happens where the other sports might go ahead and NBA is like, ah, we'll pass, we'll start next year? I, I don't, I, I think, I think it's possible that you see one or all sports come back. I think it's very possible that if, if let's say all, let's say the three sports in season right now, not counting football, of course, mm-hmm. if the three sports in season right now came back, that's no guarantee that they all cross the finish line. Right. I mean, if, if a, let's throw NASCAR in there too because I know pit crews has been in question because they have to work in pretty close proximity. Mm-hmm. If a guy on Kurt Busch's pit crew gets sick, is there a NASCAR race next week? I don't know. None of us know. Um, will hockey be able, I mean, how do you have social distancing in any of these sports? How do you have just social distancing in hockey? How do you have social distancing in basketball with the testing in theory, you wouldn't need it. But then it's the referees. It's it's everyone else. Do you keep yes. them away from their families for two and a half, three months? This no, baseball's notion that came out earlier this week about going to three 10-team divisions to limit travel and be able to keep guys at home, that's great. You still need the planes. You still need the pilots. You still need the flight attendants. You still need the, the people loading the planes, unloading the planes. You need all your equipment, guys. The, the, any, the yeah. And, and that's just yeah. yeah. Any link in the chain if the kid doing the laundry for the Marlins gets sick 
and God forbid the virus, he sneezes on a jersey and then gets on a Marlins jersey and then, who knows? Guys, we don't, it, it, it just takes one domino, it feels like in the forest to fall, and then the whole forest is gone. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, to, to your point about baseball and hockey not keeping their plans under lock and key the way the NBA has, a little part of me wonders, I preface this is just my opinion, baseball hasn't started yet. They're trying to generate buzz. Hockey's always trying to generate more buzz. The NBA really doesn't have to. Yeah. The NBA is in the best position of the three. They don't need to go out there and give people hope, whether it's real hope or false hope. It has been hard for me, guys. I'll tell you, it has been very hard for me to get anyone to give me any plan in terms of any specifics. And just so you know, like that whole, we start on June 30th and we play the playoffs. I made that up. Yeah, that's just, just, they're all out. Just just so we put a date out there. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's, so I, I, I think, I think giving team, I think giving your fans false hope is dangerous. That's why I'm really hoping people went gaga for this baseball plan. I hope, I hope it's real. I hope they know where they're getting the testing. I hope they know where they're getting the umpires. I hope they know how they're going to travel. I hope they know how security is going to be handled. And you got to have, you got to have EMTs at the stadium and you got to have cops there for security, even if not for traffic, need them there for security reasons, keep people away. And can, can we afford to take those people out of their jobs right now? I, I, like I said, it's the last 5% that's really dangerous. And I'd be, I would be very cautious about giving people false hope right now. Yeah, and you raise a good point. Hang on, it... one more point on that. I'm sorry. One no, more go point ahead. On that. It's why I think it's important for us as reporters. There's something to be said about, I heard this, let me tweet it, let me see what happens. I will be completely transparent here. There are things that I've heard that I haven't written, that I haven't reported. One, because I don't think they meet our standards of getting on the wire anyway. But I don't want to just tweet them even as options because – we're playing with people's jobs now. We're playing. With, I, I think we're in such a fragile emotional state. I know what I tweet is not going to matter, but like broadly, I think we got to be very careful in telling people anything that isn't as real as we can get it right now. I think we got to be very careful about that. Yeah, you raise a Look good point. Marcus. Go ahead, go ahead, David. Too with the um, you know, with the players where you're going to have to isolate. You know, that's obviously the big part of it is the bubble. It's one thing to tell an NBA player who's making $5 million a year that, like, all right, you're not going to be able to see your family for two months, but, you know, you're going to get your full paycheck and all that kind of stuff. You're going to compete for a championship. But then it's another thing, like you're saying, to have the – to tell the flight attendant that you're – or the, the pilot that they're going to have to isolate for uh, two months in that same frame of time. Or the, or the uh, you know, the, the EMTs who are going to be there because, you know, they're – they have much less to gain from this than an NBA player who is, you know, there's obviously millions of dollars at stake for the teams and players and coaches and all that, where, you know, at a certain point, maybe you can justify being away for a couple of months, but you can't justify that the same way if you're just making a, you know, $50,000 a year, $40,000 a year. Um, the incentive is just not there. Um, the, the one date that I guess has kind of been talked about is that Labor Day kind of dropped dead. Do you, is that kind of the sense, like, do, do you feel like that's pretty accurate, the idea that they got to be done by uh, Labor Day, basically? I, I think that's pretty close for two reasons. 
there's going to be a day and and a day in September would seem to me like it's the most logical day where you need to have this season over in an effort to you get as much of next season in as possible. And I should mention that too, that many owners, three or four that I've talked to even, wonder, yes, it'd be great to have a 2020 NBA champion. Sure, great, no problem. But there's a real movement toward ensuring that if the NBA comes back, that it's back. And that you're not just finishing this season and then you don't have any mechanism for next season. You're trying to solve two problems at once. And that's even making, that's making an impossible situation even more impossible in a lot of ways. They, the September date, it, the one reason is you need to eventually pivot toward next year. You have to have a draft. You have to have some sort of rookie symposium. You have to find a way to have a camp. You have to find a way to bring your new team together. You have to have free agency. You have to do all those things. The other issue is in September, you start going against football. And with the assumption that football is going to happen, I don't think, I don't think the NBA or the NHL would want the NBA finals or the Stanley cup final butting heads with week one or week two of the NFL. I, I just, and that's again, opinion. But I think that's why you hear about September so much. When does the NFL start this year? Like September 10th or something like that? Yeah. It's, I, I don't think you want to, I, I just don't think you want to clash with that. That's why I think that Labor Day window is what's talked about most. September has been talked about by the NBA for a lot of reasons. I can say that with absolute certainty. There will be a point in September when this season, if it isn't already over, is going to end. Because it's just enough's enough, and you have to get through all you have to go through for next season. And to your point, then, um, as far as coming back and being back, like for real, I mean, I think part like you see what what the announcement with the practice facility, and like I said, that's a you know that's positive sign. It's a small step and you know in the right direction for sure. Um, but I mean, how you look at the stipulations, and they're all very understandable of why they're in there, the restrictions. But how much, I mean, how, how effective is that really going to be where guys have to stand 12 feet away from each other, uh, including guys, you know, including the trainers working out the players. Balls have to be disinfected before, before being used again. Um, four guys at a time in the facility. Like, okay, it's nice that, work, that facilities are open. It gives guys the place to work out. But you look at all the rules and it's like, is it even worth it? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, like, you, well, I come back, but you want to be back. Like, you don't. Here's, here's why, here's why it's worth it. Here's why this stuff about opening facilities is important, but isn't important. It doesn't have anything. It's, it's not a precursor to, it's not a sign. Right. That on June one, the Miami Heat are going to camp. It's nothing for that. In response to states, as states open, as gyms are going to open it parks i mean i live in miami lakes parks are over here today love ball guys i love it i miss it i want to go play it so bad i'm not going anywhere near a park right now no way i just don't feel safe yet they don't want the nba doesn't want players in an equinox 
or an LA Fitness or whatever, playing against some bunch of random guys, you don't know who they're around. You don't know if they are sick, if they've been sick, if they're asymptomatic. It's this is a control that the, the, they're making the environment as controlled as possible. And one thing I don't think this has even been out yet. This is how serious the NBA is taking all of these rules right now that they're putting in about, you know, how trainers can't trainers must wear a mask and gloves at all times in the facility. Players have to wear a mask at all times, except when they're working out. There's actually a formula that has been distributed to teams about taking like a quarter cup of Dawn dishwasher detergent, not making this up and how exactly how much water to mix it with to clean the basket. They've even figured out the formula for that. It, it's they're serious about keeping, if they want to come back and work out great, we're going to keep you as safe as possible. And the reason, because I've gotten some emails on this, so I imagine you guys probably have as well or tweets or whatever the reason why coaches and assistants can't be there is that it's a it's very possible for the Heat to reopen on May 8th. It's possible. It hasn't been decided yet. At least as we're talking now, it hasn't been decided. But it's possible that the city and the county will say, yeah, the Heat's good to go. Go back, to, you know, Bam can walk across the street, go to practice. Great. Um, the Celtics will not have that option. A lot of teams will not have that option. And it's... it's you don't want Eric Spolster in there working out Bam Adebayo when Brad Stevens can't go work out Kemba Walker. That's why that rule is in place. I think there's some confusion about that. So they're trying to make this as fair and as safe for everyone as possible. They just don't want guys exposed to every random guy that wants to go at an NBA guy in an equinox. That's what this is really about. Last one I have on this um... – so whenever this, whenever there is a plan, if there is a plan, when and if there is a plan, um, do you have kind of a sense of how long it would take them to kind of like implement it? Like let's say on June 1st they decide, hey, we've got this idea, it's going to work. Is there a sense of like you know, would we be playing games by the end of that week? Would it take two weeks? It feels like whatever they're going to do is going to be a pretty big logistical undertaking. So – this is an, I preface it again. Again, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing reporting. Nothing educated reporting. Educated guess. Yeah. From the day that you hear, assuming that you hear Adam Silver say, our teams can come back, I think you are at minimum six weeks away from playing and probably closer to eight. I think it will take time. Well, you're, you're, you're definitely at least six weeks, and I'll explain why. Everybody's kind of, there's been no official declaration of this. But everybody, teams, coaches, players, the league, they understand it's going to take four weeks of work to get guys ready to go. That's been the universally agreed upon number. They want four weeks of camp, scrimmages, whatever, four weeks. Okay, so you're at four. Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala are not in Miami right now. They are at their homes on the West Coast. When they come back, they're going to have to quarantine. So there's another two weeks. So you're up to six weeks before you play. So end up end up being a bit longer. That's why I think if Adam Silver says on May 15th, we're going to try it, you're playing basketball around July 15th. I think it's about two months from start to finish this process of getting it ready, getting guys back, getting them tested, getting them quarantined if they've been out of the market if necessary. 
the logistics of filling out a schedule, finding hotels, um, making travel arrangements, bringing referees, getting the referees back in shape, all those things, I'd say two months from start to finish. So right now, we're sitting here on what, April 29th, 30th, whatever today yep. is. There's no way we're playing basketball, in my mind, before at least July 1st at the earliest. And with every day that passes, add another day to that bill. Crazy. I just, I can't even, I can't imagine, like, I mean, it'll be a good thing for sports in general, but to cover basketball in August, like, that's going to feel so strange. But, hey, I welcome it. I welcome it. If it's safe, let's do it. Right. I'd rather cover it. I mean, honestly, I was going to cover it in August in Tokyo. So, <laughs> yeah, if, I'm cover, if I'm covering it in August in Orlando, Minor, as they're playing in Orlando, because I don't know if they're even going to allow any, I don't know if they're going to allow anybody there. Yeah. Guys, I just want to see it again. I don't care when it is. And yes, it'll be crazy. Yes, it's going to be like, you know, I don't love the idea of juggling an NBA game with, you know, you know, Craig Setzer jumping in, giving us the latest hurricane threat <laughs> in the middle of August. I don't want that. Yeah, that's actually going to be a challenge if they do Orlando, I guess. You could run into hurricane season. You could run it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all going to be so incredibly weird like my birthday september 1st i don't want it to be a final game <laughs> on my birthday i want my birthday off all right uh you want to wrap up with some uh, michael jordan talk something more fun what's what's more fun than talking about hurricanes <laughs> wrecking the nba finals that, that be- so because fun. of a global pandemic because of a global pandemic i mean 2020 is just what a year what a year um, Tremendous. Yeah, so it's we have to talk about Michael Jordan. Anthony and yeah, I talked last yeah. week. We talked to John Crowdy about it. Uh, I feel like we're going to end up talking about it every week that this documentary is airing because it is the one basketball thing that like uh, is kind of fun going on. Um, I really enjoyed these last two episodes. Um, the Not just because – I feel like the Dennis Rodman episode is getting a lot of the attention, but the Phil episode, incredible. The stuff in Puerto Rico, just – Incredible stuff. Um, you've How seen more they, of it. They, they found footage. That's unbelievable. I would watch a 30 for 30 about that. The Puerto Rican Basketball League. That's amazing. And being an upstate New Yorker, Dave, I mean, come on. We There was a man celebrating in the Washington Avenue Armory and, and opened me. Like, I recognize some of those yeah. radio guys at the court interviewing him during the trophy celebration. It's yeah. crazy how they found that stuff. Um, you've seen more of it, although as you were telling us before we went on, you, some of it's been changed since you saw it. Um, what have you thought so far? What are you looking forward to? Um, I don't know. What, what can you tell us about what you've seen uh, that maybe we haven't seen that, that we Heat fans and so, NBA fans should be looking for? So I have, just so everyone understands what David's saying, I have a lot of, not, I'm not, not this isn't, you know, it's it's fairly common in these things where they send out copy to a lot of reporters and they're like for control. Like my name was embedded in the video, and so in case it got out, people would know who it was who leaked it and all that. Um, I've seen eight episodes, but even a little bit of what I've seen has changed. So I don't know exactly the order anymore as I do take some stuff and things around. I I I. I'm not like I'm not unlike everybody else. I've loved what I've seen so far. I there's such a scary 
to Michael Jordan being vulnerable and open. Porter and me, the 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 speech teller, the the consumer of stories, like we all are. Um, to me, it's been the best part is to watch Michael Jordan completely filled, and I can tell you it gets better from here on that front. Um, I am very anxious to see the parts that they taped with Kobe a few days before the crash. I'll leave it there. I'll just, I won't say anything else about it. I'll just, I'm very anxious that because it will make more sense. When, when, when you find out that the Kobe stuff's coming, stop immediately. Go watch Michael's eulogy of Kobe at the Kobe Memorial. And it will make so much more sense to you what Michael was saying and how he was feeling in that moment after you see what Kobe said about Michael. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be... And the Bulls won the title, by the way, spoiler alert. The Kobe <laughs> oh, stuff, man. to me, is, the, is, is what coming up, that's... That's most of all. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's I love Kobe. We talked... That was the last time I was... Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Kobe. After yeah. Kobe died. Um, really hard to watch. Right in the fields, as the kids say. Right in the fields. It's hard to watch. Uh, the other big highlight from last week was probably uh, Ron Rothstein's very brief appearance. Anthony and I simultaneously awesome texted each other. <laughs> you didn't get enough credit, Tim. You didn't get enough credit. He should have been should have been more than five seconds there. Didn't he create the the Jordan rules? Like he was one of the guys who helped create those rules. So, but again, and this is why I I think if you give Ron Rothstein more than like seven or eight seconds of airtime it no longer becomes a Michael Jordan documentary and it becomes a Ron Rothstein documentary. I mean, the man's stage presence. I love Ronnie. God, I miss him. I miss seeing him. I miss hearing him. He's, it's one of the best parts about this job is like, I like when I saw it, you know, I saw it on my lap for some screens last week. Like I like yelled. Like I was so excited. Such a nice man. He knows everything about that. He knows everything about basketball. He knows every person, everything, every story. He knows the story of why Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the dream team. He knows all these things. It's he's such a. I, I was glad he got his moment in there. That was neat. That was really yes. cool to see. David texted me immediately after, <laughs> Rothstein with an exclamation point, like literally five seconds after he showed up. <laughs> it was, Yo, you, it was so unexpected. You're in the press room pregame, and whenever Rothstein walks in, I stand and start applauding. <laughs> and it was at first, it's like meant to be like a little funny and just one of the innumerable stupid things that I do. But like, it is born of respect. Like, the man is a basketball legend. He really is, and he means so much to the three of the Heat organization, so much to the game, so much to New York City basketball. Um. Just what a good guy. It was so cool to see. You're right. Good on you for mentioning it, too, because that was that was a big deal for me. Like, I'm smiling right now, <laughs> thinking of Ronnie and his stupid hat on, on, the, on the screen. It was great. Every Spo press conference ends with him trying to make sure Ronnie doesn't have a question for him. 
and he never he will. never does. He never, Ronnie will never have a question because <laughs> he doesn't need to. When you have every answer, you don't need questions. Good point. I have an, I have an unpopular take here because I know that the documentary has gotten rave reviews and it's only four episodes in, so there's still a long way to go. But, and it has been great. So I'll preface that with that. But one thing I, I kind of like, I wish they would have done a little differently is just the order, like the structure of it. It's just like so back and forth. And I know they had to kind of do some of that to tell the story and the message you're trying to get across. But some of it's just like for somebody who I, you know, I was, a, I, was I lived through some of it, but for somebody who wasn't, alive during like some of that those years like it's hard to keep up i mean it's like back and forth back and forth um i i, I don't know I, again i know this is an unpopular take i know it's a great documentary and i don't is. think that's an unpopular take i've definitely seen that out there that people don't like yeah. the jumping back and forth it's just been a little confusing to me i don't know if it's gonna be like that for the rest of like the other six episodes but so far it's been a little bit like too much from this year to this year to that and they do a good job i guess of like kind of signaling when they're going back in time but Still, it's like, it's just a lot to keep, keep up with. So the way it was explained to me, and in just another example of excellent reporting on my part, when I interviewed the director, did not ask him about why they did that. So good job by me. But I followed it up after. They didn't want this to be, like, it's impossible to do like a straight chronology. Like, okay, here's game one, here's game 82, here's the playoffs. Yeah, because, like, a season is a marathon and it drags. Even a championship season drags. Even the Bulls. It, there's just boring parts of it. What they're trying to do, and I know it hasn't been, it's been the one thing that I can truly complain about. What they're trying to do is they're just trying to make sure that you don't get too settled. Like they just don't want to leave you in one place for more than like four or five minutes. They want to, here's why this is important. We're going to take you back to this. Here's why this is important. We'll take you back to this. They want you to keep, they want to keep you guessing about what's coming next, which is really hard to do when you already know that they win the finals in six and he pushes off Byron Russell and, you know, they win in Utah and that's it. It's really hard to keep you guessing when you know the outcome. So that's why they went to this version of storytelling I don't, I don't like, you're right. You're not wrong. I mean, I don't love it either. It works for them. Um, I will say this, and I think I wrote this. They had 10,000 hours of footage and 106 different interviews, eight hours of interviews with Michael alone. And the entire documentary is eight and a half hours when you take away the commercials. Oh my God. They had to do some serious, serious <laughs> editing. Like the second best documentary you'll ever see about Michael Jordan is the 10 hours that didn't Seriously. these 10 hours. Yeah. It's yeah. so it, it, it's that alone trying to squeeze that much stuff. It's like trying to squeeze 10 pair of shoes into one shoe box. They found a way to do it. I give them all the credit in the world. I'm with you. I don't love it. But it does keep guessing about what's coming next. Yeah. I'll say, I think the one thing, I think a lot of people were like worried, could they really do 10 episodes of this? And I think, like, through four episodes, it's clear they could have done 20. Like, there's, there's so much. There's, yeah. I, I tweeted it Sunday night. I was like, there's really for this time. Yeah, I'm excited for there season two. 
Um, I think we can wrap it up there because we've gone way too long, though. Um, we got through this whole thing without talking about uh, Aaron Gordon's diss track of Dwayne Wade. David, you always say we go way too long. <laughs> I wonder what the consistent thread in going way too long is. We've gone through this whole episode without talking about Aaron Gordon's diss track, so I consider it a success. Um, can we take 15, Can we do 15 seconds of that? What, you brought it up. Do you have a take? I have a take. I have two takes. One, I gave the rap a six. That's <laughs> the lowest score you can give in a dunk contest. Six, believe it or not. Secondly, the out was so stupid. So stupid. stupid. Are we starved to yell? We've got to about Aaron Gordon putting out the worst diss track of all time. Come on. The, the the Wade wine was a good touch. I'll give him that. The Wade wine was, it was it was, I liked it. I liked the detail. I thought what, what you're doing was funny. I actually I, I take back. It wasn't terrible rap. I mean, who are we kidding? But <laughs> I thought it was funny, and for yeah, it I, turned yeah. into what it turned in. Really, do yeah. this much outrage right now? But I guess, and then of course they kid made up and. Nobody yeah, we all have time to kill. Some of us are doing it, are killing time by watching movies. Some of us are killing time by recording rap albums. <laughs> all right, uh, Tim, thanks for coming on. Um, you got anything? I guess follow Tim because he's got all the uh, all the scoops on when the NBA is going to be back, right? At by Tim oh, Reynolds, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're, they're all out there. Yeah. So you can follow him on Twitter at by Tim Reynolds. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson, too. We are all not writing a lot, lot these days because there's not a lot to write about. Well, we, we are writing a good amount, but it's just a lot of it isn't encouraging stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, but hopefully we'll have, you know, hopefully we'll have sports soon because that, that means things you know in the country are going in the right direction so hopefully sports does come back soon yes all um, right one sport is let's not forget for before we go uh what are they called heat heat check gaming oh yeah, yeah 2k league two, oh yeah the 2k league guys we should do an emergency 2K, 2k league podcast pod preview we, david we should repurpose this podcast because we are called the heat check podcast. that's true that's a good point you know, we could just pivot. We could pivot here and just kind of turn toward that if you want. I'm all for it. It's a good idea. Well, next next week we'll do the uh, emergency uh, preview pod. I don't know when they start. Next week, I think. Right next week. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday is yeah, opening yeah. night of the 2K League. Tuesday is. I don't know, but they're gonna play remotely for the first six weeks. And to that, I swear to God, I asked. You mean they don't play remotely now? <laughs> Turns out they're actually like flying around the country. Hey, if you want to, I've written like four esports stories since this started. If you if you want your info on e, how esports typically works, you can you can read those. I need to because I there are few things in life that I know less about than esports. I need to educate. I there do. You go. I need to educate. Because that's what we're all going to be writing but about when, thought, when we can I never thought, go back to real sports. I they were remote. No, they, they usually stick them in the same room so they can communicate or whatever. I thought that's what the headsets were for. Yeah, but it's you, you never know with the internet connections and stuff. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's true. All right. I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> so uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>